Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Horse Hour. I'm Amy Stevenson, and today I'm talking to Lindsay White, who's the founder of IHAD. It's the International Helmet Awareness Day, which takes place this Saturday, the 17th of September. And Lindsay's going to talk about how she came up with the idea and why we're creating more awareness about hat safety and how you can get involved. This is Horse Hour. Welcome, Lindsay White, who's the founder of International Helmet Awareness Day and RidersForHelmets.com. How are you, Lindsay? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm mega excited to be talking about International Helmet Awareness Day because more and more people are having accidents and it's like I keep seeing riders out there not wearing helmets and I just want to say to them, stick a helmet on. Why don't you? Why why do we have riders that think it's okay to not wear a hat? Yeah, I think it's quite interesting. I mean, obviously, um, being based in the US, we have a large percentage of riders that ride Western that don't wear helmets. Mm. Um, But what I find quite interesting is in the UK, how so many riders in the hunt field are still wearing the traditional old hunt cap, which Mm. most of them are not certified. Um, So that's a little bit concerning. Obviously, we do see some school caps in the hunt field too, but I think there should be a big push certainly for everybody wearing um, a certified school cap in the hunt field and or at least a certified helmet not just a, a hunt cap mm. um, and then also the top hats in dressage I'm kind of amazed that the FEI hasn't implemented a full rule with regard to at the FEI level the top level of switching out the top hat for um, a certified helmet I mean they did bring it in at the lower levels um, and many of the national organizations went ahead and implemented rule changes, but you're still seeing a, a large number of the, the top leading international riders wearing top hats. Um, so that kind of amazes me that that hasn't gone through as a change. And, and then the same with eventing as well at the four star events, you can still wear a top hat in dressage, although more and more riders are now thankfully wearing helmets in, in the eventing side. But going back to your point about not wearing helmets at all, I think people really need to give consideration to the fact that it's not really just about them. If you come off a horse and you're not wearing a helmet, it can be life changing. Mm. And you need to give consideration to the financial aspect, um, you know, that you wouldn't be able to work, you wouldn't have anyone to look after your horses. Um, somebody has to pay for your care. Obviously, the NHS does cover that in the UK, but there's many out of pocket expenses that would not be covered. Um, and also uh, the fact that, you know, you change your partner or your husband or your wife's life in looking after you. So they become a caregiver too. So it has a, a mental and emotional effect. So it just is not worth getting on a horse without a helmet. 
It's interesting because the view of riding is that you're free, you want to be free, and you see these videos of people with their hair, you know, flying through as they're galloping through the field. And you don't think about the safety elements of being free. You've also got to be realistic and be safe. And and like I was saying about seeing people riding without helmets, we try really hard not to judge other people with their horses but or not and I struggle particularly to not say anything I really want to say can you please just put on a helmet I'm really worried it makes me nervous for them because you see them they'll have the biggest gag in their horse's mouth but yet they won't be wearing a helmet and and I think that most notion of being free on a horse and not wearing a hat is you've turned that around Lindsay to let's be sensible and realistic now you can be free on a horse but you still got to wear a hat you still got to be safe Absolutely. And I mean, I think what you have to remember is even the best riders can have accidents. And the whole Riders for Helmets campaign was founded as a result of um, the US Olympic rider, the dressage rider, Courtney King dies accident. Mm. And she was in Florida. It was very hot. She got on a young horse, not wearing a helmet. The horse was only walking, tripped over its own feet, went down on the floor. But the floor in Florida in the summertime is hard as nails. And even in the springtime, and literally she hit her head and damaged all four lobes of the brain. Mm. So, you know, if it can happen to an Olympian just at a walk with a random accident, it can happen to anybody. Um, but as well as the aspect of actually encouraging people to wear helmets, um, something, again, that we, we try and reiterate in the UK, especially where more people do tend to wear helmets, obviously, than in the US, is that you should replace your helmet, the importance of replacing a helmet and also correct helmet fit. If you're wearing a helmet and the chin strap's kind of hanging down and there's a big big gap between that and your chin, if you come off, that, that helmet can move. And literally, that's not a good thing if it's not correctly fitted. So it's important to have that harness, the chin strap correctly fitted, and also to replace your hat. You know, most people don't realize that even with um, regular use, not excessive use or, uh, you know, a, a blow to the helmet, you should be replacing your helmets every four to five years. And that's based on average use. If you're a rider that rides, you know, seven horses a day for hours and hours in the saddle, that should be sooner. It might be two to three years that you need to replace your helmet because the materials inside a helmet do degrade over time mm-hmm. and they take uh you know the 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 damage from the sun the heat the rain uh they all cause degradation of the lining of the helmet and it's incredibly important that your helmet is replaced when it should be um a helmet can have a blow and look absolutely fine and yet on the inside if you were to x-ray the helmet or see the inside of the helmet it could have sustained damage to the lining and if the person doesn't change it thinking that the helmet's still okay and still intact and they have another fall that helmet will not provide proper protection because the lining has been previously damaged um so there's many aspects to the riders for helmets campaign it's sharing people's stories people who have worn a helmet and it saved their life people who haven't worn a helmet and it was life-changing or they're so grateful that they did um but also all aspects of helmet safety so from correctly fitting the helmet through placing the helmet due to expiration date and also advice on when your helmet takes a blow that you should also replace it. And I think one of the things that's really grown the campaign, uh, the Riders for Helmets campaign globally more than anything else is the sharing of stories. I mean, we receive hundreds of emails and we share everyday rider stories from all around the globe, whether they're in the UK, the US, Dubai, 
Australia, wherever they, they are based. And it's those everyday stories that have such a big impact. Um, you know, we'll have everybody from a grandma that read about helmet safety for her little granddaughter in the US and went and bought her granddaughter a first helmet. She didn't want her to get on a pony, you know, mm. not wearing a helmet. To to people um, you know around the globe that have that have not worn a helmet, got on a horse, and it's been a terrible experience for them. And even now, several years later, they're suffering neurological and physical effects as a result of that accident. And they want people to know that so that they don't make the same mistakes. Um, and Courtney's been absolutely phenomenal because she has produced videos for us over the years, some of which have had you know seventy five thousand views on YouTube. And literally, she's just talked about her accident. And in one of them, it was quite, quite sad because she actually sat at a table and just showed people like opening a, a medicine bottle, you know, a, a, a pill bottle mm. and just showing how difficult it is because of the neurological damage she sustained just to take a lid off a bottle. And then she walked in the video and talked and just said, you know, this is what can happen and you don't want this to happen to you. It's one of those subjects where we've all got it in the back of our minds. We all know that riding's dangerous and that we take a risk every time we're even near a horse, let alone on a horse. But through your campaign, you're saying this is what can happen. You're making us think about it, which is brilliant because we need to we need to focus to make ourselves safer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and they... And that is why we encourage so much for people to share those stories because, you know, reading a story, we, we can push out about, we can lecture on helmet safety all day long. We can lecture about replacing helmets and correct fit, but it's those everyday stories that really do make the difference. And, um, you know, we've hosted over the years as well, and we hope to be doing another one next year, uh, safety symposiums where we bring helmet companies together. We bring neurosurgeons, we bring um, uh, different representatives from, um, you know, national organizations together. And we get everybody in the same room and we say, look, how can we get this message out to make this more safer for equestrians and encourage more helmet use? It's really just that organic reach that the campaign has managed that I think that has impacted so many people. Are you seeing a bigger shift in America now in the western world of more people wearing hats because that was always the argument was that well they don't need to wear it so why do we? We are to some extent I mean we've got some great name riders Fallon Taylor and Mary Miller Jordan you know some pretty big name riders over here are competing in in helmets now and they're making it cool and trendy with the design of the helmets. So I think that's really helping. Uh, for the first time this year, actually, funny you say that, we have uh, Resistol, which is traditionally a cowboy hat brand that has developed a Western helmet that incorporates a helmet within within a cowboy hat. Amazing. They've actually joined us as a manufacturer this year for the first time participating in Helmet Awareness Day. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see over the next year or two how they go with that. Um, they've already got some big riders wearing it already. And um, we'll see how many people adopt that. So I think that would be great. And it does look more like a cowboy hat than previous attempts have. Um, so I think that really, really helps is it's, it's good looking. It doesn't oh. look out of place. 
I'd love so. one of those. I'd love a cowboy. I've, I have often thought about that because that would be super cool. But I still don't understand why the governing bodies, why the government have not got involved in making this legal, making it a legal requirement. I don't understand why it's not a legal requirement to wear a hat on a bike and on a cycle bike and why it's not a legal requirement to wear one when you're on your horse as well. A little tricky in the US because, you know, this is the land of the free and home of the brave at the end <laughs> of the day. And, you know, when cowboys and Indians were uh, fighting each other back in the day, the cowboys weren't wearing helmets. Mm. And so there's that history and tradition and Western and the look and the movies and the, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you have to bear in mind that America is the, the land of the right to bear arms. Nobody likes being told what to do over here. Yeah. Um, so that's a difficult one. It's been a big thing to see the United States Equestrian Federation, the United States Dressage Federation and Eventing Federation, Eventing Association um, all implement helmet rule changes, which some of them were not well received initially. Uh, but they did it. So, you know, there has been pushes in certain states now. Children under 16 cannot get on a horse without a helmet. That's the law. So Florida, I think New York has adopted that now. Mm. Um, but when it comes to adults, a lot more tricky uh, because it's that whole right to I will wear a cowboy hat if I want. I will get on a horse without a helmet if I want. It's, it's you know, that's a difficult one. As much as I'd love to see it happen, I, I'm not sure how um how that's going to progress over here i think the best we can do is get some big role well the best for now i should say is we can get some big time role models wearing the helmets like like fallon taylor um and others so mm -hmm. that she is seen competing at barrel racing at major events wearing a helmet and then the youngsters think it's cool and they're wearing a helmet and when they progress to adulthood it's second nature to them so I think the education message has to be at the younger audience um, in the hope that as they transition to adulthood, they're still wearing a helmet. Who, do you know who the first person was to wear a helmet in dressage in the UK? Oh, good question. I thought it might be Charlotte because she's the only person that I remember wearing a hard hat in dressage. Do you know, I think it was Charlotte and Charlotte has been a fantastic role model. I mean, she wore a helmet in the Olympics at dressage this yes. year and she has, she did at the London Olympics and that was pretty groundbreaking because even in the um, prize giving ceremonies, she literally stands on that podium with a helmet still on her head or it might not have the chin strap done up, but she is wearing a helmet and Charlotte Desjardins is amazing. We did actually send her a, I um Craig Farrell um Equestrian Safety Award in recognition oh. of the fact that she had worn a helmet mm. um and been so public about doing so and now you've got Carl Hester and the rest of the UK team. I mean they all wore the British team all wore helmets for the dressage in Rio. Um so kudos to them. Um so I think that's you know, I think that's fantastic. Um, so it, it could well have been Charlotte, actually. It's hard, isn't it? Because you're 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 fighting an industry that's steeped in tradition. So they're so used to we're so used to our traditional ways, and well, we're used to doing it like this. So why would we change? Because everything's been okay. But but it's yeah, like I said earlier, bring it into the forefront that it's not. It's actually not okay. I mean, I've had. Um, the Mark Davies Injured Riders Fund, Rosemary from there, she's been on. I've had experts in first aid um, and she was saying, you know, she's doing more and more courses on first aid because more people are getting hurt. Um, 
not recently but over the last kind of 10 years and now it's like we do have a shift of saying you know we do need to think about our safety we are being more realistic and like you said it's cool to now wear a hat it used to be so uncool nobody would ever want to wear it but it's okay because people are like well I'd rather live and wear a hat than possibly die just because I didn't wear a hat well I mean, the interesting thing to me is several years ago, we did an interview with Dr. Lola Chambliss, mm. and she is a very unique person. She's a neurosurgeon, um, but she also is an event rider. And she even said, you know, when I got to 18 and I graduated to top hat and tails, I was so excited that I could wear a top hat. And she goes, I look back now and realize how incredibly stupid that was um, and how I was lucky that I did not have a head injury. And um, she did a she did a link which I can send you. So hopefully your listeners can can watch the the video of it. But she did a presentation on head injuries in equestrian world. And then at the end, the most poignant thing was she was talking. I asked her a question. I said, as a neurosurgeon, like how do you deal with it day in day out, seeing people that have had brain injuries, whether it's from an equestrian accident or not? And she said you almost have to become numb to it because otherwise you would just be so consumed with emotion you wouldn't be able to do your job. Mm. Um, but she actually mentions and talks about it's not the people that that pass away that you feel the most sorry for it's the ones that actually live with the horrific injuries the permanent vegetative state um, you know severe debilitating injuries the family's torn apart by divorce because of the financial struggles the impact on them emotionally and just that two minutes of her talking about that was one of the most poignant things and it really does make you think um there's so much more to it it's not like well if I fall off I'm taking a risk it's about your family it's about the finances it's about the emotions it's about changing other people's lives not just yours um and I found that incredible I really did and I mean I was literally almost in tears um, listening to her talk because it was so powerful and it really does make you think. Well, she's being honest, isn't she? And I don't think many people have been that honest with. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
how things have impacted on their lives well, they haven't publicly yeah. anyway. We've, we've, like I said, we've heard a lot of accidents. William Fox Pitt last year, his yeah. accident. He's been great at talking about it and and you know sharing his story. And I think that makes it more real for people as well. But the the, the... yeah, he still yeah he still wears a top hat. <laughs> Did he wear <laughs> one? he still does wear a top hat in dressage and you just kind of question why you know and maybe I'm wrong maybe somebody will correct me on that but I'm pretty sure he still wears a top hat in dressage and it just doesn't make sense to me why would you do that you know do you think it's because there, there's this feeling that dressage is a little bit safer because you're in a ring it's a sand school and so it feels like it's not as dangerous as going and jumping and cross country when they all wear a hard hat I think it's partly that. I think it's partly tradition. It's that top hat and tails. And some of the riders just, you know, just don't want to budge on it. And that's such a shame. Um, You know, it it dumbfounds me, quite frankly. I think it's been amazing that he has talked about his, his accident and his head injury. And I applaud him for that. But I cannot understand that when somebody has had a head injury, um, they would even contemplate in any discipline any phase getting back on a horse with without a helmet on um because it's those split second moments like with courtney's accident and okay all right you can say that was a million to one that happened to her maybe it was but it can happen to anybody Mm. um you know there's there's been horses that have been in the dressage arena at international competitions that have suddenly reared and spooked at something you know so i mean it happens Mm. Uh, they can trip trip over their own feet is there less risk of course of course there's less risk than racing when you're a jockey or when you're an event rider going around a cross-country course so yeah there's considerably less risk and that's not something we're ignoring um but second impact syndrome is incredibly serious you know if you take a boat it's basically when you have a blow to the head if you get back on a horse and then you have another fall um uh, before you've recovered fully from the effects of the first uh concussion or head injury Mm. uh it's something called second impact syndrome and it basically can kill you and that second blow can either kill you or neurologically impair you severely because your head had not had time to recover from the first damage and that's something that we've been trying to educate people on as well and um that's incredibly important to know. You must be cleared by a medical professional before getting back in the saddle. Um, because even if you've only had a minor concussion and you had a concussion for a night, you were at the ER, they kept you awake, you went home, you did recover, you think you're fine, but you haven't got signed off to be back in the saddle again, a second blow can be devastating because the damage can be so much more because your head has not yet recovered. That's really interesting because um, they always say get straight back on the horse, don't they? If you have an accident, if you can, yeah. get back on the yeah. horse. But Yeah, you really shouldn't. I used to do that when I was a child as well. <laughs> so uh, you absolutely should not do that, yeah. If you've hit your head, you definitely should be seen medical attention and evaluated and assessed before you get back in the saddle. But the irony is, did you know that you can actually have a concussion without even hitting your head? So if you have a fall and you land on your bottom mm. and, you know, you have like cockix at the base of the spine, you hit your lower back, you can actually sustain a concussion just by hitting that and hitting your back really? without hitting your... Yeah. God, the amount of yeah. times I've hit my bum. I mean, I'm off a lot. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not a very good rider, every- Lindsay, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that every time you fall off you sustain a concussion but you can physically sustain a concussion without hitting your head 
because it's the force transferred can actually cause a concussion. I do find it difficult. I'm going to be honest with you. I do find it really hard sometimes at the the being judged by other people. That's what I struggle with. So I am safety up to the nines. I wear my hat. I wear my body protector. I wear my um, high-vis jacket. My horse is high-vised up. Um, If I could wear elbow pads, I would. (laughs) (laughs) But you, mm, you feel like a bit of an idiot. And that's what I've had to work personally really hard on is saying, well, I don't care what I look like as long as I'm safe. And I I don't know whether that's my age and now I'm 31 or whether that's part of growing up and and just being more educated on how dangerous the sport is. But it's now I'm starting to think, well, I don't actually, I don't actually care what I look like as long as I'm safe. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I agree with you because I think in my youth I did some things riding that were probably a little silly. Mm. Um, although there wasn't that many times I probably got on a horse without a helmet, but I did do it on the odd occasion. And that's, sorry, that's my global, just been told everybody that the founder of Riders for Helmets did do that. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've all done it, Lindsay. You know, I've tried all, to ride bareback all, before, we've but all, we've all done it. But the thing is, um, I think it's that finding people who make it cool, take the stigma away um, and and don't make it such a bad thing to wear a helmet. I think that's part of the problem because certainly in the US there's a big problem with, oh, you know, I mean, this has amazed me. We've had forums that people have taken screenshots of and sent to us Hmm. and somebody has said, well, if you're wearing a helmet, your horse must be dangerous or you can't be a very good rider. It's that attitude that you're trying to change, isn't it? It is. I mean, mind-blowing. Oh, your horse must be dangerous because you're wearing a helmet. No, you're just smart that you know that an accident on a 1,200-pound animal can happen at any time. So you're going to wear a helmet just in case. But no, your horse must be naughty. And, oh, we wouldn't buy your horse because it must be naughty because you're wearing a helmet. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's an education process. And, you know, and I think that's why from a campaign perspective, we need to think about all of those reasons that people give for not wearing helmets and and peer pressure can be one of those and and target that with educational messages you know it also doesn't help or it could be more helpful if the people that we look up to um and we learn from we're looking at the youtube videos from across the world because now we've got the internet you know we're not just looking in our own country we're seeing what else is out there who can we learn from and there are a few very very high profile horsemen horsewomen amazing riders that are showing their techniques whilst not wearing helmets themselves and i think they're kind of fighting against your cause and what you're saying because that's what people are looking and learning from we all almost somehow need to be on one page which is where i guess international helmet awareness day comes along because it's one day globally where you say right you educate everybody on on why having helmets is so important absolutely so this year absolutely. it's on the 17th of september which is this saturday and, and what's your plan for the day if you haven't heard of i had before how does it work how it basically works is participating retailers around the globe will be offering a special one day only discounts on helmets so you can go to riders the number four and helmets.com and you will find a link in the top right corner that says find a participating retailer or tax shop you click that link and you can search for tax shops or retailers all around the globe that are taking part. 
Um, it is only for that one day. It's a special one day only discount. There's 15 helmet brands participating this year, which is phenomenal. Um, there'll be retailers all around the globe. We're still adding retailers to the map. Uh, there'll be many more countries on board before the end of the week. So check back, you know, the evening before or the morning of, um, because there'll, there'll be lots more still to add yet. Mm. Um, and then also, uh, look for details on that homepage of the website for the live webinars that we will be doing this Saturday. Um, there'll be several, several helmet companies giving webinars, educating on different aspects of helmets, not a sales pitch for the helmets, it's purely educational webinars that we will be doing. Um, so that's a great chance to get educated as well. So if you if you haven't heard of a webinar before, it's like a seminar that's held online. So we you'll provide, Lindsay, a link on, on ridersforhelmets.com. We click on the yes. link and yes. then we uh, will be able to watch an expert teach us about the hat. So it could be somebody from... Uh, say Charles Owen hats it could be somebody from them talking Absolutely. about how the hats is made the creation why this um, certification is so important but haven't you also got one of your experts on Saturday is a neurologist yes we're just awaiting confirmation at the moment but we're hoping to have a neurologist on a neurosurgeon actually on uh, one of the webinars on Saturday as well um, so that, that will be confirmed via the website uh, but it's a great chance to just watch the presentation, listen to the audio and then ask questions at the end as well. And there's, you know, even if you can't do that on the day, there's many, many videos that we have shared from live webinars that you can go and watch on the website. So it's a great source of information. And we want you to share your photos of you wearing your hat. So is the hashtag... We do, yes. Have you, the hashtag is... IHAD for International Helmet Awareness Day. And you can also tag Riders for Helmets. Uh, we're on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, you know, so get out there, get sharing, uh, tag your photos and we will share them on our site as well. Oh, and let's all promote hat safety because ultimately it's going to save our lives at the end of the day. It will. Absolutely. It, it can and does save lives. And that's the most important <laughs> take home message. I mean, I say the worse the picture, the better. The more awful you look wearing your hat, the better, because then we won't feel bad if we're putting on awful images of our hair a mess and our makeup a mess, and if it's been raining and makeup down our faces. Um, but just well, I'm just waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting to see what Lucinda Green does this year because Lucinda wore, wore a bikini and a helmet last year to promote helmet awareness. <laughs> So I can't wait to see what she does this year. This year, I'm talking about the famous event rider, of course, Lucinda Green. But mm. um, she's quite renowned for coming out with a very interesting photo for Helmet Awareness Day. So watch this space. Oh, we look forward to that. You could win a hat as well. In the, if you're in the UK, you could win a Charles Owen hat. And if you're in America, then you could win a 1K helmet hat. If you just head over to Horse Hour on Twitter, then Lindsay, you and I have teamed up, haven't we? And uh, you have to retweet yeah. the Horse Hour tweet and like Riders for Helmets. That's right. And to those of you in Australia that are saying, you never do the contest here, <laughs> we're going to be doing a contest for Australia shortly as well. So we're not, we might not get that done this week, but we are going to be giving a helmet away for the Australian followers too. So watch this space because that's coming soon. But like we said, there are loads of other participating retailers throughout the world globally on Saturday. So everybody gets a discount on a hat this weekend. So there's no excuses. 
Absolutely. I think we've got Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Ireland, um, US, Canada. Gosh, we've got retailers in France that are signing up now. We've got South Africa. And I know like Belgium and Germany will be on board before the end of the week as well. So, Lindsay, it's amazing what you're doing. Just two people have set this up seven years ago and you've got you've got the world. It's amazing. Well, while we're talking about that, it would be fantastic because we have been discussing, Amy and I, before we came on air, <laughs> um, literally talking about taking the campaign to the next level in terms of all disciplines that wear helmets. So if there's anybody out there that would like to assist the Riders for Helmets campaign, do that. Do get in touch because um, we really would like to see International Helmet Awareness Day involve more sports that wear helmets next year. Uh, while we've had phenomenal reach and phenomenal success in the equestrian world, we'd like to take that to the next platform. So calling any of you philanthropists out there, um, um, won't name any names, uh, but a particular one that had, had an accident in Chicago last week and fell off his bike wearing a helmet. Um, <laughs> Richard Branson, we're calling you Richard Branson. Richard Branson, we would love you to support Riders for Helmets. Um, we, just, we just want some support to take this to the next level because I mean for a campaign with no budget and just organic reach Mm. it's really quite phenomenal that this is in so many countries every year and year round we educate people but you know I mean we put a concussion article on the Facebook yesterday and it's already had 561 shares since last night um so you know and that's all with organic reach so we would love for somebody like Richard Branson or anybody that has a passion for horses or a helmet and a helmet as as save their head to get in touch. So, Richard, if you're laying on Necker Island and this <laughs> this this podcast finds its way to you, please please do help us take this to the next level. It's a very good cause, and um, we've been doing this for seven years now, and we could really use some help to get it to the next level. Fingers crossed, hey! I'm going to keep them tightly crossed for you, Lindsay. You you really have done a phenomenal job. Um, I'm glad Courtney's okay. She is, yeah. I mean, Co- Courtney will tell you that she's always going to. Lo- for the effects of uh, brain injury and she will you know she walks get a cane she has neurological damage down one side her speech is Im- impacted it does sound like she's had a stroke or you know obviously there's issues with her speech but you know she she is doing phenomenally well and um, you know for her to be a role model and to say look don't let this happen to you it's such a brave thing to do mm. um, so kudos to Courtney and you know we love her and we'll keep this going for as long as we can and hopefully with the help to get it to the next level now because we could really use it um, but it's it, it really is because of her and you know do- dear Dr. Farrell as well Dr. Craig Farrell was the US um, team physician for the United States equestrian team and he was also the chair of the FBI medical council and he got behind riders for helmets from almost day one within a few months of me founding the campaign I got this call and he reached out and said he wanted to be involved and how could we work together and he worked as a dear friend on Riders for Helmets with me for several years before he sadly and tragically had a polo accident and did pass away. Mm. Um, but he, even before he passed, I am told that he communicated to uh, the treating neurosurgeons that he did want the Riders for Helmets campaign to continue and how important it was to him. Um, so, you know, for him as well, we're, get, we're going to keep this going and, and um, 
and hopefully now take this to the next level for all sports that wear a helmet. Well, thank you, Lindsay, so much for joining us on the Horse Hour podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you and finding out all about IHAD. We can follow you on Twitter, Riders for Helmets. We can... Yeah, that's right. Facebook. We can head to your website, riders4helmets.com and all the information on the International Helmet Awareness Day is on your website. And don't forget that all-important hashtag on Saturday, which is hashtag IHAD. AD. Thank you so much for having me. Genuinely really pleased. Thank you for everything that you're doing and to uh, making us to making us more aware of how much it it can impact on the people around us, not just us if we don't wear our hat. So uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Feed you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern, by using the hashtag HorseHour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.